Morning, Mountain Park. Glad you're here. Hey, I, I think there is, uh, there's perhaps some uh, folks who are in need of seats. There are about uh, 15 seats out here to my right available in the front. And if there are still uh, folks in need, you know what, I think that would do. Anybody who needs a seat, there are uh, seats over here uh, if you'd like to be. The blessings flow right here in the front row is what they say. So... Uh, <laughs> If you are a guest, if you have been uh, dragged here by somebody else, we are so glad you're here. Students, glad you're here. All right. Cool, and welcome to opening day. I'm going to tell you in just a few moments what that all means. In fact, I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes or so uh, kind of walking that out a little bit. But before I do that, let me kind of celebrate and wrap up 2011 just a, a little bit. A few things I want to uh, celebrate with regard to 2011. It was a very good year. As a result of disciplined spending on, uh, on leaders and staff and your generous giving, we ended 2011 in the... Yeah. For a nonprofit in this economy, that's a very big deal. So way to go, church. Way to go. It just allows us to continue to go after the things we believe God has us to go after. Also, Juno Smalley kind of put together uh, some numbers and looked at the total number of volunteer hours that went into this place in 2011. So when you take uh, children's ministry and student ministries and D group leaders and greeters and ushers and counters and all the different ways that you serve in many different areas, the estimated total is over 27,000 volunteer hours went into this place in 2011. That's pretty awesome. Once again, way to go church. Uh, 2011 was also a great year because we uh, finally got to hire a family pastor. So excited about Tim Goodyear and his family coming here to uh, lead that endeavor. And that has resulted in opening day uh, where we're uh, launching this thing called the Home Team Center. Uh, and uh, we are very excited about that. The reason this is such a big deal for us, uh, uh, for our church, is that... Uh, we believe that there are many people in the community around us, the community that we love, that we're trying to reach, many people in the community around us that have no interest in God right now. And uh, maybe that's because they've been burned in, the, in their uh, background somewhere. They believe that God and Christianity is just not relevant for them at this point. But we're confident that having health and vitality and strength in their home is relevant to them. And so for us as a church, if we can continue to reach out in terms of combining uh, uh, having an impact, a positive impact on the family, along with the amazing grace and the love of God, boom, uh, we could knock this thing out of the park. And we are very excited about that. Uh, so anyway, that's what we're excited about on this. So would you pray with me as we launch into this? God, thanks for the opportunity to gather and to celebrate. I pray that you'd bring clarity into this room as we talk about what the home team is all about. May it reflect your heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The first wedding that I did here in, uh, as a part of Mountain Park, as the pastor here at Mountain Park, uh, six or so years ago, first wedding I did was up there at the Foothills uh, Golf Club uh, here in my first Arizona wedding. And uh, after the exquisitely uh, performed uh, ceremony, uh, I was uh, hanging around with uh, folks at the reception, and I overheard two moms who were talking, and they said, I love uh, second marriages. See, because both the bride and the groom, uh, it was their second marriage that they were enter entering into. It was a small kind of quaint wedding. And they said, I love second marriages. Um, 
And then the, one of the moms went on to say, you know, my daughter uh, entered into her second marriage recently, and, and it was just such a great wedding, and she had to pay for it. Ha, 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 and they giggled. And then, and then she said, I like second marriages better because everyone's just so much more relaxed. Oh, yeah, me too. And uh, I, I, I went up to the woman who said that, and I grabbed her by the shoulder gently, and I said, no! Okay, no, I didn't do that, but I wanted to. I mean, nothing against second marriages. I've, I have no, I know some of you have entered into second marriages that are just beautiful situations, but the whole thing shouldn't be treated like a used car where we're saying, yeah, I'm just going to move on. You know, kind of getting a used one has benefits over getting the new one. I just, there's just something in our community about marriage and family that is different. I think it's even different than in other places around the country. I have felt from day one that this is, is partly why Mountain Park exists in this community is to make an impact on marriages and families around here. And that's why I'm so excited about the launching of our home team ministry. Let me remind you or perhaps introduce to you some statistics that reveal that this is a great need for us here in this community. In 2006, the uh, U.S. Census Bureau identified that a little over 50%, 52% of marriages in 2006 in the United States overall would end in divorce. You've probably heard that statistic, half, 50%. That same year, the U.S. Census Bureau identified that in the state of Arizona, that number was 64%. 64%. And in Maricopa County, 75%. It's an epidemic. There's something here that means there needs to be a huge transformation that happens. And the statistics are not much better in terms of parenting. For kids who, are, who grow up in the church, 75% of them walk away from their faith by the time they're a sophomore in college. 75%. Now, some of you would say, well, that's just what happens. That's just what happens in college. You get in, you, your mind opens up, and you, and you learn, experience new things, and the professors tell you, yeah, the Bible was just kind of written as blah, 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 and they'll all come back to the faith. That's just what happens in college. It happens to everybody, and we'll come back to the faith. No, they don't. The 20-somethings are the hardest group of people to reach with the message of Christ across the country. And statistically, there's only a third of those 75% who come back to the faith later on in life when they get married and have kids or whatever the journey might be for them. A third. So if 75% are walking away from the faith when they get into college and a third of those are coming back, we're losing 50% of our kids. 50%. There is an issue. There is a problem. And we need to do something about that. Hence, home team. And that's what this is all about. Let me just kind of walk through what we mean by home team. And I actually want to look at those two words. First of all, why home? Why do we use the word home? We intentionally want to stay away from the word family. Now, it is all about family. I'll be using the word family. I'll use the word family multiple times over and over again. Family, 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 family. It very much is about family. But for some reason, a number of people at different stages in life don't feel that family is them. Feel that family is somebody else with a picket fence. And because you're not in that something else, that that's not you. But everybody can say, well, I have a home. I have a home. I mean, home is the place where you have the pizza sent to. Everybody has a home. There are different kinds of homes. There are homes where the, the relationships are about sibling to sibling. There are homes where there are singles without kids, singles with kids, married with kids, married without kids. 
You have empty nesters. You have grandparents. You have widows. You have widowers. Many different kinds of homes. And we believe here at Mountain Park that it is the home that is the primary place for spiritual faith development. The home is the primary place where spiritual faith development happens. That there's something in God's design of how those relationships work, of siblings, uh, husbands and wives, parents and children, there's something to those relationships that allows spiritual growth to happen that cannot happen in any other place. Now, I want to read a quote for you that might help clarify what I mean by this. No person really decides before they grew up who they're going to marry. God decides it all way before, and you get to find out later who you're stuck with. <laughs> Kristen, age 10. God bless her. Okay, what, what she's saying is, there, is there's something about being stuck with somebody, beautifully stuck with somebody. You see, friends, they come and go, and you have great friends. And in some stages in life, friends can seem like the most absolute important relationships in your lives. But friends do come and go with the natural ebb and flow of life. Some of you have had the blessing of, have, of having friends for your whole life, lifelong friends. That's a great thing. It's rare, but it's a great thing. God has designed the home so that these relationships, they stick through the stages of life. That we, in those relationships, it's only in, in staying in, the, in those relationships that we experience parts of love, parts of sacrifice, parts of selflessness that can only be taught in the context of those relationships. That's God's design. It was his design from the very beginning. I want to go way back to the beginning of the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book in the, in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. And I want to look at some very famous verses in Deuteronomy chapter 6. The writer of these words is Moses. This is a collection of his final teachings, and he, it's all collected in the book of Deuteronomy. And he says this, and beginning in verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now that's referred to as the Shema. That is the, is the central tenet of the Jewish faith. This, these verses here. This, the Lord is one. And these words are echoed throughout Scripture. They come out of the mouth of Jesus himself when he's asked what are the greatest commandments and he says this, Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he adds, love your neighbor as yourself. It echoes throughout scripture. But read what happens next or listen. Verse 6. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Notice that he doesn't say it's our job as parents to make our kids believe in God and follow God. That's not our role. We can't do that. Our kids have the opportunity to make choices of their own. That's not our job as parents. We can't put that on ourselves. 
But what he says in verse 7 is, impress them on your children. Impress them. Make an impression on them. Model for them what it means to have a vital relationship with God. Those statistics that I read earlier are evidence that fathers are not modeling a vital and real relationship with Christ. Moms are not asking faith questions at home. And so this, from the very beginning of God's whole plan, is saying this is what is supposed to happen in the context of home. We are to model for our kids what this looks like. And if we're honest, some parents in the room may struggle with that and saying, well, I'm not sure what my faith is all about. You see, we can't pass a faith onto our kids that we don't have ourselves. We can't impress upon them a faith we don't have. In two weeks, we're starting our year-long journey this year called 2012 AD, the year of our Lord, exploring the depths of following Jesus. And if you would like to explore those depths in terms of your own faith, we would love for you to come back in a couple weeks and join that journey with us and be committed to that journey so that you can impress upon your children what it means to truly have faith in God. Okay, that's what the home part means. But why the word team? Well, a number of reasons, three actually. First of all, we thought uh, the whole sports a locker room concept was, was pretty cool, and we thought it fit well with the Awatuki culture, with our culture here. Besides, I've never seen a church like Mountain Park where people feel that it's appropriate to wear a jersey to church on Sunday morning. Even a Pittsburgh Steeler jersey. Uh, I don't get that. Penguins out here, or people say, you've got Steelers right there. You didn't bring your towel this morning, though. You sometimes do. So the second reason that we uh, went after the word team is I love thinking about the family as a team. See, the members of a home aren't uh, uh, stuck together, like Kristen, the 10-year-old, said, aren't stuck together like, uh, like Nemo and his friends in the aquarium. And the friends, they, they, they were doing the best they could with their situation, but what they were hoping for was to get out of it. They were kind of doing the best with what they had, but eventually what they want to do is get out and swim away. See, that's not what the home is. The home, the gathering of people in a home, is a team. They work together. They play together. When one person in that team wins, the whole team wins. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Your spouse is not your enemy. He or she is on your team. I like to see myself as being on the fuller team. Team Fuller. Marsh is on Team Hall. There is a Team Smith that, of course, is the largest and most powerful of all the teams, and everyone wants to beat that team. But you can see how uh, that might work. There's a third reason that we like the concept of team, and that is that we want to team up with you in order to be effective in this area, in order to be effective in uh, as parents and as family and, as, um, and in our marriages. We want to team up with you. We want to be real clear about what your role is and about what our role is. We live in a culture that is pretty high on outsourcing. It is a cult- culture of outsourcing. And it's the result of our affluence where we can decide, I want the experts to do this and this and this and this. We outsource our landscaping. 
We outsource the maintenance of our pool. We outsource our laundry, our ironing, uh, our, our uh, food preparation, because we go to restaurants so much more than any, any other uh, group of folks. Now, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing unless we outsource things that we are absolutely not to be outsourcing. And this happens in the area of faith development, that many Christian parents choose to outsource the faith development of their kids to the church, saying, church, that's what you're supposed to do because you're the experts at it. But that's not our job as a church. Parents, that's your job. Parents, it's your job to do the spiritual development of your kids. We can't do it the way you can do it. That's your job. It's not our job. We only get your kids for an hour a week, maybe, maybe an hour a week. And we don't have the influence. None of those loving, wonderful teachers and volunteers in children's ministry and student ministry, they don't have the influence over your kids that you do. You know who has the number one spiritual influence in kids' lives? The number one spirit, the person who has the number one most spiritual influence in the kids' lives is guess, mom, mom. And the number two person who has the, the, the most spiritual influence in kids' lives, Tim Tebow. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. And then third is dad. No, I'm just kidding. Dad is number three. Dad is number three. That's your role. You have those roles locked in. Number three is way down. Mom and dad have, even though it doesn't feel like it, sometimes it feels like it doesn't feel like we have that much influence with our kids. That's the role of mom and dad. And the role of the church is to equip mom and dad is to remind and inspire and resource mom and dad to do their jobs well. That's our, that's our role. And frankly, uh, it's been on my heart for years. I don't think Mountain Park has done a very good job of it, and that's why I'm so excited about Home Team and about re uh, launching what this is all about because that's what Home Team is all about, is resourcing you to do your job well in your home. Turn with me to the brochure you got on the way in. Every one of you. Doesn't matter what stage of life you're on right now. Age, whatever. Pull this out. It's called My Home Team Game Plan. And inside there, if you did not want to receive one of these on the way in, there's some uh, folks who would uh, just raise your hand and they'll find you and they'll give you one of these. Inside there, you'll find it's broken down into three sections to reflect on. Marriage, faith at home, and single adults. Those three sections, everybody in the room can fall in one of those three sections. Everybody. And single adults, that means uh, anybody who's just not married. I mean, that can go down to whatever age. Don't get tripped up by the word adults. Uh, this is every person in the room. Every person in the room can fit into at least one of those categories. And most of you can fit into two of them. Nobody can fit into all three. So what I want you to do is identify the one or two areas. Please don't assume that this is not you. Identify the one or two areas that are yours and reflect on them for just a few minutes, right here, right now. And read the sentences and put a check, either a mental check or a physical check, beside the box 
that is relevant for you, beside the box that you are currently doing. Put a check in your relevant areas. Go ahead and take a few moments to do that. If you still didn't get one, one of these, and for whatever reason it wasn't passed out, just feel free to uh, look at the card next to you and judge them for their uh, <laughs> answers. Uh, but but if, you, if you didn't have any time or if you didn't get one, you get to take this home and you can kind of look at it again and reflect on it later if you need a little bit more time. You c if you did not get one, you can pick one up on the way out. And we encourage you to uh, think through those a little bit because we're heading somewhere with this. Next on the one or two areas that are relevant for you, look at the scales of one to five and circle where you land, where you see yourself right now or whatever the question asked for or what you see in the future. One to five, circle where you are in your one or two areas. Just go ahead and do that right now. My guess is that there are a few of you in the room who would have rated high on the one to five scale, high because of hopes or for, what it, for whatever reason, rated high on the one to five scale, but perhaps had few check marks in terms of what you're doing about it. See, I don't have any question that it's a value for us, home, family, parenting, marriage. I don't have any question that that is an important value for us. That's why I think it's going to connect with our community. But the question is, what are we doing about it? If that's important for us, how, what does that look like? What is our game plan? What are we actually doing about it? I went to a wedding this week. Young um, man and woman who are part of our church, their, fa their family has been a part of our church for a long time. And during the reception, I had a conversation with another uh, young man, a friend of the groom, who's engaged uh, to be married. And he just, in conversation, just asked me, Alan, what would you say one word would, be the, would, would lead to success in marriage? One word, if you could have one word. And the word that came out for me was intentionality. I I intentionality. See, because falling in love is easy. Falling in love requires no intentionality. Just, just pick up one end of a piece of spaghetti, start sucking, and all of a sudden, smack, you're kissing a cocker spaniel. It's just really that easy. <laughs> Falling in love is easy. Staying in love, that's the hard part. That's the part that requires intentionality. And if we are not intentional in these vital relationships, if we are not intentional about keeping them strong and healthy, they will drift they will spiral. Something else will creep in.
And we're all familiar with some of the big ones in terms of infidelity or, or um, addictions that creep in and, and, and tear apart some of these vital relationships. But I've been surprised in my time of ministry at, at the number of different things, a variety of different things that can come in and destroy these relationships. Gambling, video games, uh, addiction to, uh, to training for some kind of event. I know a couple that broke up out of training for an Ironman event. Broke up because of this. A covenant of marriage breaking up. I mentioned this before, but my mom left our home when I was 13 years old. And uh, she was a nationally ranked bridge player. The card game bridge, nationally ranked. Very, very good at it. And she played about six nights a week. And every vacation over a seven-year period, every vacation for her was some kind of bridge tournament. And so the way I understood it as a 13-year-old is that she wanted to play bridge more than she wanted to be in our home. Now, I know it's way more complicated than that. As an adult, I learned that it's way more complicated than that. But something else had crept in. And the intentionality of keeping the covenant relationship strong got diluted by something else. If that's important to you, what's your plan for it? What's your game plan? King David in the Psalms, in Psalm 119, he says, I consider my ways. I turn my steps to your statutes. So what he's saying is, I consider my ways. I've given it some thought. I've thought about where I am and who I am and what's going on. And I want to line up with your statutes, God. I want to have a plan. I want to be intentional about this. I have considered my ways. There's intentionality that is connected to that. If we want to get somewhere, the only way we can identify our direction is to know where we want to go and where we are. That's why we want to have a game plan. This here is called my home team game plan. 120 days of what? What does it say at the bottom? Intentionality. 120 days of intentionality. We are intentional about a number of different areas of life. We're intentional about the clothes that we set aside for the upcoming week. We're intentional about our finances. We're intentional about our mortgage, about our vacations, about uh, different plans for the future. Why not be intentional about the most important relationships that we have here on this planet? Why not be intentional about what happens in our marriage? Why not be intentional what happens in our home, what happens in our relationships with our kids? So here's what I want to invite you and challenge you to do. On the opening tab, it says, My Game Plan. This little tab here. I want you to give this some thought outside of this room. You can be thinking about it right now for sure, but outside of this room, I want you to think about what your game plan might be and write down as many goals as you would like to set over the next 120 days. And here's what you do. You write down a goal. You can just check off one of the goals listed there, create your own, bada boom, and then you rip it off. And this is all it is. It's a bookmark. It's something you can tape up to the fridge. It's small. Okay? You could uh, identify just one thing. You want to say in the areas that are relevant for you, maybe you say there's just one thing that you want to commit to. You commit to that for 120 days, fantastic. You know what happens when you commit to something for 120 days? 
it becomes a habit. Often it becomes a habit. Wouldn't it be great to develop some of these habits in our lives and move on to some other things and grow some other areas? Beauty of it is that it is small. It's a bookmark. It's manageable. We want to set you up for success so that you can look at this and you can uh, clearly and wonderfully and with excitement, you can accomplish it. You can, you can uh, go after it. It's a matter of having a game plan, ha- being intentional about, about where we're headed with it. Uh, there, there are a number of different responses that one may have to this. Um, maybe for you, uh, part of the issue is you're not sure uh, how to fill one of these out. How would, you exa- how would you lay this out? How would you break down the one thing? Maybe that's a struggle for you. Well, that's what the home team thing is all about. Maybe this whole concept is brand new. The idea of setting a goal for you set it with your place of business, but setting it for your family, that's a little bit new. That's what the home team center and volunteers is all about. What they have there, if you haven't seen it yet, is they have a number of uh, coaching tips set up there to address different issues. And there's a list on the back of your game plan. There's a list of the different coaching tips that are available. Uh, uh, life stage coaching tips as well as special situation coaching tips. Things like uh, single, should you pursue marriage? There's facing infertility. There's blending families and the, re- and the realities of that. Your, your child's first hockey practice, how to prepare for that, do that in a loving way. Okay, here's an actual one. Here's an actual one, a difficult teen navigating rebellion. This one might, might be re- re- relevant for some of you. Uh, inside here is a number of different suggestions. There's some scripture, th- some uh, things to walk through there, some things to think about. There's some suggested reading. One book that is recommended there is called Yes, Your Teen is Crazy. That's a good place to get started. <laughs> There's no truth to that, though, right? Uh, there are uh, any references that are listed in any of these coaching tips are available in the home team. Books are lined up there. If you want to just grab that book right now, boom, it's right there. Go ahead and get it, and they'll let you know how much it costs, or if you don't, uh, if you can't afford it, just let us know. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. You can just take the information and go buy it on Amazon. Whatever your deal is, this is supposed to be a resource for you to do your job well. And uh, also on these things is a list of uh, uh, at, the, at the end of any of these brochures, it says support at Mountain Park Community Church. So different ways that that issue can be addressed through the ministries here at Mountain Park so you can know who the contact person is at any time. These things are updated on a regular basis so that they're ready and available at any time. The reason this idea ministry is different than any other ministry that I've been a part of in these six years, the reason it's different, it gets prime real estate in the lobby. We have... Uh, uh, designed and built this beautiful corner in the lobby so that it is available all the time. This isn't just a matter of, on this particular Sunday, this is Family Sunday, so we want to make this stuff available to you. This isn't just a four-week series where this stuff is available to you. This stuff is available all the time. Maybe right now, the concept of a difficult teen isn't a concern for you whatsoever. It isn't on your mind. Maybe in two months, 
It's the only thing on your mind. And you need some help right now. It's available all the time. Maybe there's something, maybe there's some topic there that you are not comfortable grabbing one of the brochures in front of your church family. And so that's when you ask a friend to do it for you. (laughs) Or you can come back on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. Or you can tell a neighbor who doesn't go to our church who has no interest in in God that they're aware of right now. You can just say, you need some help with that? Go to the church on a Wednesday afternoon and pick up what you need. They'd love to help you. Boom. We want to make this available all the time. We're not just stepping into this lightly. We are going after it wholeheartedly. And just like King David says in Psalm 119, he says, I consider my ways. I want to be intentional. May we be intentional. Would you fill out a game plan and at least have some goal, one goal for 120 days? We're not going to talk about it every Sunday for 120 days. We're going to move on to the 2012 A.D., but we will remind you of it and encourage you, and that place will be available every week for whatever's going on in your heart and the hearts of those in your home. Let's be intentional about this, and I am so excited to hear the stories about what God is going to do in and through you all. Would you pray with me? God, I'm thankful for your design of the home that uh, it looks so differently in different places. And it's a place where you want us to grow, you want us to learn, you want us to be challenged. And sometimes, God, that challenge just seems too much. It seems too overwhelming. So, Father, I pray that there is an outpouring of hope into this place in terms of family relationships, that there is an outpouring of hope in terms of uh, uh, parents who are really wrestling with kids an outpouring of hope in marriages that feel like they're at the very end. God, that this would be a reminder today that you are fighting for us, that you want us to to reach out and, and have opportunities for hope. God, just pour hope into this place. We pray in the amazing, transforming name of Jesus Christ. Amen.